Welcome to Panic Proof Radio. I'm your host, Jess Tyson, and I'm here to help you get out of your own way, stop panicking, and start living a life you love. is a creator at heart and if you've ever seen Brian on the internet or on stage his energy is palpable you can really feel it no matter where you are and this is just partly his personality but it's also because he has an ADHD superpower which he uses to his advantage in everything that he does from his podcasts to his keynote speeches to his rooms in clubhouse and everywhere else on the internet he is really everywhere and I was really excited to talk to Brian today because he actually does not have a virtual assistant and has never had a virtual assistant or any kind of assistant so I wanted to hear why that was and why I have not convinced him yet (laughs) Um, but also hear you know from somebody who maybe doesn't need one or maybe isn't able to use one to their best advantage at this point in their lives and maybe you can relate to this or maybe you can start to see ways that maybe you can use one but either way I love to show both sides of the story. So here's Brian Fanzo. Brian Fanzo, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jess, for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you because um, I have been talking to you for years about well, everything, entrepreneurship and beyond. But I've also tried to convince you to hire a virtual assistant and you have never taken me up on it. So <laughs> I want to hear once, about and that. Many, many times over the years. So yeah, that's yes. Yes. And, and, and I wanted to talk to you because, because of that, because you, for, for reasons that I'm sure you will explain, have not felt like a virtual assistant is the right fit for you. So I want to hear about your opinions of, of, of VAs and, and just assistants in general and kind of like how you work and what, what may work or not work for you. No, I, I love that. And I think this is a fun conversation too, because I, you know, even since the first time we ever talked about this till now, right? Like I've worked on my business, myself, and also kind of figuring out, you know, strengths and weaknesses, um, which I think will be fun to share because I think that also kind of connects some of these dots as well. Because I think there's, uh, it's a journey in the in like in like the growth and where th- you know where you know gaps are, but also like you know how you know you know the businesses. So I think that this will be fun. Yeah, definitely. So let's start there. I mean, what have you learned over the years about your strengths and weaknesses? You talk a lot about um, mental health and wellness, and I would love to hear some of that. Um, but, you know, strengths in your business and how those have served you. Yeah, no, so this is, I mean, for me, you know, I am uh, ADHD superpowered. Uh, so I was diagnosed ADHD at 31. Um, you know, I started being very public about it on third, like I was probably 34. Uh, I turned 40 this year. So like last six years, you know, uh, being uh, more open and public through the ADHD. And one of the things that, you know, started to occur about three years ago was, you know, there's a difference between realizing you have like ADHD and I've been on medication versus like trying to redesign my life and my work life to adapt to the, to the ADHD, the strengths, the weaknesses, how that those things work. Um, and 
figuring that out, it's been a journey, right? From a self-awareness perspective, from a you know skill set perspective, and even over the last you know, if we fast forward to right now, I, I just within the last month ago uh, did a brain mapping. Uh, they called a QEEG scan of my brain to kind of understand some of the things that are going on, and you know, like they actually figured out like through. Uh, the brain mapping that like my cognitive and emotional sides of my brain are actually flipped. So for many people, whenever they have certain things, I actually go the other way. What's why I'm a hyper, hyper emotional person um, in many cases, but it's also why I'm able to do some things that most are like, how are you doing that? Right. And it, it kind of taps in. And so one of the things that I think about like in this journey was, you know, not the idea that I didn't like the, the truth is I've known I needed someone the entire time. Right. And there's also an idea of understanding where, like, I believe like my gaps are, but the, the process for understanding how that works and then also connecting it to a business model that has never really been a recurring predictable business model is also one of those pieces. Right. Cause you know, for those that don't know, like speaking business has been, you know, 80% of my revenue uh, for the last four years and the speaking business can have some high highs and some low lows. And, you know, I've done a lot of content like influencer work um, along the way, uh, you kind of that are mostly supplemental, but it's, you know, it ended up being, you know, a, a portion of my income. And I've done, you know, six figures worth of that kind of work, you know, across the board. But I would say, like, if you looked at my overall, like, plan and how I, I kind of work things, uh, you know, almost everything I have or do at the moment has all been kind of, uh, I'd say, more one off than anything else, right? There isn't one client where I feel like hey, they buy this, especially, you know, uh, let's just say since pandemic, right, where even the people that are hiring me for a virtual event are now hiring me for a content piece, an influencer piece, they want me to host something. Uh, and so I guess for me, when I think about all of those things, you know, it was one of those places where it was like, okay, how can I put this in and and understand its value? And I, and I preach like, I mean, this is me on stage is like, you know, know what you don't know and surround yourself with people who know what you don't, right? Like I, I a thousand percent agree and believe in that methodology. And I think for me, a lot of times there were some things that were leading up that were uh, either outside influences. I was going through my divorce. And so for me, there was also pieces of like, how does that show up on my books for things that I have to go through for the courts? Uh, there was also this idea of, okay, I had brought in a, a speaker agent, uh, Michelle, who I've uh, had the pleasure now working with for uh, over two years. And it's been uh, great, you know, kind of putting her into my, my world, but even figuring out how you know, how we work together from a standpoint of, okay, when, when do you have something? When do I have something like, like that workflow? You know, and I think the other piece of this too, just to understand the trajectory is like, when I worked for the US government, uh, I had 39 employees, I had a chief of staff and, a, and an assistant. Like, so I had a team that were running the things that I was working on, but they were always kind of like, it was always like this big, like giant team of things, right? And when I went and worked for the startup after leaving there, uh, I had the what was considered a chief uh, uh, technology evangelist was my title. And I reported to the CEO and I had a dotted line to the CMO and the CIO. And so in a way, it was like this beautiful role without having like sales objectives and not having marketing objectives, but I helped all those pieces. And I like to think like that was what I always considered to be my dream job in a way. Uh, and it was, it was like modeled after Guy Kawasaki and like what he did at Apple. And I think in, in a weird way, because of that, two years in that role, and then I became an entrepreneur directly after that, that idea of kind of being dotted lines into places and kind of working, you know, directly with my client, I think it's just kind of been the six year journey that I've been on is really a similar path, right? And I feel, you know, and in, in, you know, in honesty, I remember when we had our very first call, and this, I think this was probably 2014. Uh, I think when you and I first talked at the first time, I probably can find the, uh, I remember 
not understanding what a VA was, right? From the standpoint of, you know, what are the things that you can do and you can't do? And how does that, you know, relationship work? And how do we, you know, understand the communication? And, you know, I think over the last six years, one of the things that I've been found out is that if I am not hyper transparent about my, not only my ADHD, but how I've kind of worked, it's just not going to work, right? Like that to me, and like, and I, and I think interestingly enough, the reason I think I didn't get a VA this years, and I, you know, and I had some freelance things that we've done, and I've had, uh, you know, uh, you know, a couple of good friends of ours that have come on and helped me from community management and some things that I've been doing, and those always worked amazingly, right? It's like in a, in a weird way, like every time I brought someone in to work with something, I'm like, oh, this has been amazing. Like, thank goodness, I'm not, I don't have to have control all these things, or I don't have to worry about all these things. But I, I feel like for me, the, like the, the pieces that just never fell in place that, uh, or haven't fallen in place, so we put it that way, I uh, haven't fallen in place is more in the sense of like, okay, how do I know, like where, how can I line things up to understand that, you know, this, by, by pulling back on this, it's going to allow me to do this or allow this to occur. And then also, how can I make sure it's sustainable? Because I will say the other piece of mine has always been the concern of like, how do I make sure that the, you know, the low times and the high times are taken care of, I think has a little to do with my, the teams that I had built in the past. And like, that was something that, you know, gave me anxiety. I'm not someone that stresses out much, but if, if I know that I, that I have additional pressure or someone's livelihood is on the line, that has always been something that I take, uh, you know, a heavy burden on. Uh, so it's been an interesting journey. That's for sure. Especially since I remember that very first phone call and, and just being, you know, blown away, but also kind of mesmerized by the fact that I just really, didn't really what understand the role of a VA. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there are a couple of things that you, said that really resonated with me and what I do. And the first one is that you have adjusted your work and your schedule and whatever, all the things that you're doing to fit who you are and not the other way around. And I think there are plenty of people in this world who are older than us who still haven't figured that out. So I applaud you for taking the time to doing that and for not putting yourself in a box that somebody else that should say that you should be in. But, and I think that that's important advice. And it's part of why I did want to talk to you today, because I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a playbook for this, right. even with virtual assistants. And I want to share the different ways that it can work. But also, you know, to your point about you being the talent and you being the creative energy behind so much of what you do, nobody else can be that. And, and because it's inconsistent, you know, you maybe haven't found the ways that the pieces could fall into place in a, you know, in a more traditional quote unquote, you know, virtual assistant relationship where they're working, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, maybe like an hour or two a day, because that's not how you work. And that's, and, and sometimes I, I seen you just pick up things at the last minute. And I think that that's great. And that works for you. Um, but I think you understand the limitations of that, which when it comes to working with a team, which is that, you know, if you're chatting with somebody, I don't know, like in Glovehouse or on a text or something on a Saturday night, and they're like, can you do this tomorrow? Well, you're not then going to send it to your assistant and be like, can you put this on my calendar? Um, right. Because I mean, maybe some assistants do work that way. And I, I'm sure they do. But, um, you know, the, the sort of like more traditional way doesn't work that way. So I, I definitely hear you. And um, I just think that it's important uh, how much you've you've leaned into yourself and your own, you know, superpowers, as you say, because it doesn't matter what the solution is as long as you've 
found one. And I think for you working with Michelle, having an agent to help you with your speaking, I mean, if that's the bulk of your business, yes, a VA can do that, but her whole business is helping people when it's inconsistent too. So, um, so that is great. And I'm I'm so glad you, you found that. Um, do you have, have you ever tracked your time? Have you ever like looked at a week and, and figured out what you're doing every single day? So I did. I, I've done it twice now in the last year, and it was partially this self-awareness side, and it was partially, you know, I actually did a time lapse in my office, uh, and I did it for a week, and then at the end of each day, I would write down like, okay, because for me, logging anything is just not, it doesn't it doesn't fit. But I was able to do the time lapse and kind of reverse engineer like, for, okay, I knew like I thought my podcast recording was going to take an hour, and it really took, you know, an hour before, an hour for the recording, and then like thirty minutes of like me bringing my energy back down, you're like, uh, and so I have, and, and that was, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I wish I would have done that six years ago, right? Like if I had to, if I had to throw anything back, like just even from a standpoint and, and part of it was being hyper honest with myself. Right. And when I told you, like, even like redesigning, like I had to really tap into saying, where is my energy? And I always was the person that was like, I've never not once been high energy for a podcast, right? Like podcast recording, even if I'm hosting or I'm a guest, but like doing things like email or doing things like tracking down invoices or doing things like I despise, I just absolutely despise. And I had to like adjust my day where like now when I'm a highest energy, I do the things I don't like, but doing the things I don't like when I am my highest energy, what I found is now to find my creativity is a problem, right? Where all of a sudden yes. where that was never a problem in my yes. entire life, never, like even just this past week and last week, um, I could not figure it. I could not get to the spot where I knew, I mean, I created five videos. I was supposed to create five videos last week. And I had to go back to the client and say, two of these videos aren't happening. Like I, I've recorded them. And if you want to see them, like you're not going to, but it wasn't me. It wasn't like at my at level. And so, you know, I think it's such a fun like element of like, cause like there's, it's a great thing like redesign. Right. And like, wow, Brian, you're doing a great, you like figured out those energy things. But I'm also one that's not going to like falsely advertise, like all of a sudden these other gaps. And at first I was like, wait, I've never been someone that's had that problem. So now like, you know, for me, it was like, what do I need to do to fix that rather than realizing that, you know, there is a scale of things that I'm trying to, uh, to juggle and figure out. And so, you know, I think for me, the thing that I also have to re- recognize is my, with my ADHD and although I'm medicated, the part of me is that hyper-focus. So I do have hyper-focus, not uh, on the scatter side, but like, I, th- this is a perfect example, which I think I, I was actually telling Jennifer this uh, yesterday, like for me, like I'll see an email and I'm like, Oh, this is a perfect email. And, you know, and I'll go to reply and I'm like, you know what I need to do? I need to, I need to make sure I, I attach a report to this because I think it'll, it'll really su- surprise them. And I'll go find the data. I'm like, you know what? I need to do the data and make it look good. So I'll open up Canva. Right. And then I'll be in Canva and I'll be like, actually, if this is a video and I'll open up Adobe Spark and I'll be like in Adobe Spark and I'll create this amazing video that highlights the data and I'll pull it back in and I'll have the email looking up and I'll be like, is this too much? I don't know if this is worth it. You know what? I'm going to send the email tomorrow. And like, that is literally my, like it goes on in my head. Right. And so for me, recognizing that has been a, let's just say a last 90 day uh, uh, audit of like myself and like some of these things. And it's also been, I've been spending a lot of time trying to better understand ADHD and its impact on, on life, me, like my conversations. Uh, and so like, yes, there's, there's some things that like, I started to be better understand my time. I started to adjust based on it, but then didn't realize all of the variables that fall in place around it. And so it's, it's, it's still on a journey for sure. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Cause usually I do, I would say the opposite. I would say, 
do your most creative like content creation or whatever it is work when you're at your highest energy and then notice you know if you're saving things for the end of the day or you're dreading things like those are the things you should delegate um so I'll, yeah i don't have a solution for you but you could be delegating you know <laughs> some of your emails and your invoices um but yeah that that idea of putting so much into the response and that probably does feel like it's a roadblock for you and you're answering emails and stuff but it actually it shows that you care it shows that you're doing above and beyond for people but i could i mean i've done that too i can also see the frustration where it's like when is when is good enough good enough yes. and do i want to get this email out because I'm going to risk losing the business if I don't just send an email <laughs> or do I want it to be this like beautiful, wonderful, perfect thing that I'm going to send in like a week. So always like balancing, you know, what do people need right now and what can I deliver them right now and managing your energy is is a constant struggle. And I think it's it's not static either. So right. the fact that you said, you know, you're figuring this out now or have been in the last 90 days, it could be different 90 days from now. It could be the opposite and you have to pay attention to that. Um, and I think that's great advice for anyone to just look at your day, look at your energy levels. And I'm like that. I'm not, I'm not ADHD, but I noticed that no two days are the same. I don't have the same energy one day as the next day. I don't, I'm not in the same mood one day, the next, which is frustrating because right. now that I have a child, um, he <laughs> dictates my time more than I'm able to. But that was part of why I became an entrepreneur right. because I was like, I don't want to like do videos every day or like do like get dressed every day. I don't feel like it. I don't feel good or I don't feel excited or whatever. And that's not, it's not because I didn't like my work. It was just my moods. And like, I think right. I'm a highly sensitive person like you. Um, and so something can just set me off that like, I don't want to get out of bed right yep. now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not alone. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like such an entrepreneur thing. And I think it's hard to, um, confront that, especially if you're younger in your business and it feels like you're failing or something. But I, I love the time that we're in now and that so much of those um, things that maybe would have been seen as a weakness in the past are just things. They're just things that people deal with and all you have to do is share them. And then whoever's working with you or assisting you or being your partner in life or whatever it is can help you and can fit in, you know, to where meet you where you are. Yes. Um, and I appreciate your forthcomingness <laughs> about everything that you deal with. So besides like the maybe not fully understanding how a VA could fit into your life or or maybe the the inconsistencies in your work. Is there anything else that's that's held you back from from getting somebody? Well, you know, when I when I think about that, like looking back and you know, and like my journey to, like you said, coming to like, you know, coming to understand myself, coming to understand how I can convey things, you know, I would say one of the things that I I now can recognize, I didn't recognize at the time, was also the idea that I don't want I, I have a I don't want to be the difficult person. I don't want to be the person that makes someone feel as though I'm a burden. Right. And like, and that is a, you know, it's anyone that's ever done anything with me. It's something that is a complex of mine, right? Like yeah. this has to be mutually beneficial. We have to like, and mutually beneficial in a sense of like, I want to make sure that, you know, what, I, what I'm paying for is what you're doing. And I don't want to be the person that is on one side or the other and 
in some cases I lose business on that or like Michelle likes to say sometimes I you know I will over deliver for no reason other than the fact that it's like my own you know a little bit of guilt a little bit of the, just how I prefer and so that, that that's one that I feel like for me I think you know understanding like hey it's gonna take a little while for us to figure things out but like the idea or the concept or the overwhelming concept of well, what when we get through it that we didn't figure it out like what's that and and honestly like now i recognize like well then we decide it doesn't work and we don't move forward right like i've learned that part of it but i would say early on as an entrepreneur i didn't want to be that person i didn't want to be the yeah. person that spent three months and then you're like this isn't going to work and that was a roadblock it was a roadblock that was i knew that was costing me business and time mm-hmm. but it was like in a weird way something that i couldn't push past the idea that like the risk versus the reward like i was like that was something I, a burden I took on myself. And, you know, and it was also the idea of an entrepreneur was such a misconception to me. Like I, like, like just understanding like, Hey, I shouldn't be doing everything myself. And most people aren't doing everything yourself. if not almost everyone. And especially everyone at the level where I'm at now, where, you know, that I know that, you know, the content I put out, the things that I'm doing, um, if the outside people knew that I was doing all this on myself, like there would be like an intervention, like, you know, an intervention in many ways. Yes, um, yes. And I think that's the, the part of it that, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? Like we, I can say that. Uh, and the other piece of it, I think from a standpoint of figuring out like what works best or how things work was, you know, a, a roadblock for me was the relationship side of understanding, you know, because the reason I didn't go with a bureau, a speaking bureau as a speaker was like that, as soon as I like, I mean, I, I did, I interviewed six speaker bureaus a couple of years ago when I was going through the process and I was like, no, like, like my, like what works for me right now is I don't, I'm not a celebrity. I don't have books. I'm not like the person, but I was like, but these relationships are, are ones that I like value and I connect. And, and more often than not, like I'm sending them a video email back, right? Like, cause that's just my, like my piece. And I was like, when I realized where the bureau fit into that, I was like, Ooh, like I can't, I can't be that disconnected. And in a weird way, in a VA side, I never believed it was going to be like that kind of disconnect. But I did it like for me, it was like, well, how do I start to give things up? Right. And even like you mentioned Clubhouse, like when I started to lean into Clubhouse in January, I knew I was going to have to pull back on some things. So there were some things I needed to drop. And I will tell you, it was the first time as an entrepreneur that I purposely realized, okay, to do this, you must sacrifice this. And, you know, and so it took me six years. Yes. It's like an aha moment six years after uh, kind of like becoming an entrepreneur. And I think until you're in that kind of spot, I don't think a VA fits in like the the schedule because for me, there was, well, adding in doesn't, isn't going to solve anything. And like to your, the question I meant before is like, what is this giving me back in in a weird way? The way that I need to look at it now is what is this not forcing me to give up, which was the mindset that I did not have until recently on realizing, oh my goodness, like I can't keep doing this. And like, I was really good at chasing everything and then letting everything fall (laughs) versus like that journey. So that would be where like, for me, it's been, uh, you know, I wasn't at the place six years ago to understand uh, and prioritize those things. And in many cases I would stay up for like, okay, I'll just stay up extra four hours at night. And I'm a dad, I'm a parent. And, uh, and I realized that wasn't good or healthy or sustainable, (laughs) but I still did it anyhow. So it's definitely a journey. When you're, someone who is so high functioning and really can do everything that overcoming that is so challenging. And, and cause a lot of time, well, sometimes it's about the money. Um, but a lot of times it's not just about the money. It's just, it's some of that complex that you said, which I think many of us have. I certainly do. My, my VA last week was like, 
you know, you can send me more stuff. And I was like, I can't believe you are telling me. I'm the one that's always telling everyone. It's like, you know, the, none of us are immune to this. Right. Um, unless you're like a seasoned delegator. Like I would say Jay is usually the one I think of as like, he is not afraid to delegate. He has the delegation mindset and has, but he's also been doing this for a really long time. So it does take practice, but it also takes a moment of you saying to yourself, I am worth this. And however you have to frame it, whether it's I'm missing out on this because of this, or I, I want to be doing more of this other thing, you know, however you have to frame it in your own mind to make it feel worthwhile is important and is worthwhile. And um, I just don't think that can be understated because people think, oh, well, if I'm ready for a VA, like I'll know it, first of all, and (laughs) that's not true. And, And second of all, and when I'm ready, I'll just, I'll just do it because I'll, I'll have the tasks, you know, in line, I'll have the, the loom videos or whatever the process documents. It's like, that's one part of it, but getting yourself over the fact that you can ask for help, that, that someone is going to be taking care of you, that you can find someone also who maybe is, is not a roadblock to you being a part of those relationships, who's protecting you, you know, in a very, you know, important way, but, but isn't going to be the one to like a bureau to take you out of the process. Um, but figuring those things out, like, I, I don't even have a formula for it, except, you know, some of the stuff we do in terms of time tracking and putting value on your time and measuring your energy that helps, but ultimately it's you, you know, that has to make the decision to get over the hurdle of like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to commit to this and I'm not going to let my ego or my feelings or my whatever stand in the way. But like, that's not possible for some people. Um, It almost is like, I find this a lot of times with my newer clients, it's almost like half coaching (laughs) and half like doing the work in the first three months because it's such a different way of operating. So anyway, I I love that. Um, So how do you work now? I mean, do you have you work a lot. <laughs> I know that. And, and, you know, given what you were talking about with your energy, what, what are your days like now? So, yeah. So, I mean, I think in that, in that fold, right. You know, 2021, right. The, it was interesting, like, you know, 2020 with, you know, virtual speaking being all the rage, like through the summer where people are paying for it and, and covering it. And then all of a sudden in the fall, everyone were willing to get, speak for free in these virtual events and like everything kind of went a little haywire as I know, you know, as well, you know, my, my content work went up five X last year. So like that covered so much for me, but it also opened up a door into a world that I hadn't, uh, cause I I've always been not always, but I've been paid for a long time to be a thought leader as far as influencer, right. Fly me out like a speaker, but like, and then there was a world where like, Oh, Brian, you've built a big audience. We wanted to tap in, but I've never been on this other side, which is Brian, we want you to create some content that we're going to put on our own channels. We don't care. Like we want to help you guide that. And I can tell you that part of me was not something that I offered or lived or world. So like, that's a newer piece. And so now I have some brands that want like all three of that. I mean, one of the brands that I'm working with right now, like they just want my content. They want me to be the creator, the talent. Um, and not from like, I'm not sharing my thought leadership. I'm sharing the message that they want using my creative skills, which is like a whole world that is just foreign to me. Cause it's like, it is like I became really good at creating to help myself stand out in the things that I was sharing, not this other world. And so, you know, like that's been a journey to where we're at now. And so now it's like, okay, well, how does that even look like? 
as we get to a hybrid speaking world and the things that are going on. And so at the moment, things are very, you know, content heavy from a standpoint of like what my deliverables are each day. But like my daily is like, you know, waking up for me. And, you know, like I said, I'm high energy at the very beginning of the morning. I know it. So I attempt, you know, like this is where I'm gonna go after the emails that I put off last night <laughs> in every way purpose. Like that's literally what I do. And then I, you know, I am kind of like sticky note driven at the moment. So I like We'll write down a couple of things on my sticky notes. It's like, these are the things I must accomplish today. And you know, someone with ADHD as well, the idea of prioritization is probably the, the biggest struggle for me. And uh, in partially is because I became so good at procrastinating, which is definitely not something you brag about, but it is something that like, there was many times where I wish my procrastination was not as successful because then it would incentivize me to not do that, right? Like there's like a weird counterbalance there. Um, and so I will, I will kind of work through that like morning piece of, what is going on. And then I usually have a block in my day of things that are, you know, from a social, from a clubhouse, from a, hey, like this is me, you know, quote unquote business development. This is me replying, publicly putting out um, those pieces. And then like, I usually know like that's gonna be like where it's gonna lead up to like where I'm drained. Uh, and then that's kind of where I've forced myself to, okay, now you need to create because Brian, you're great at creating. Um, which now I've learned, like, that's not the case, right? Like, and I will say the thing that I probably have recognized the most is the connections with people is what gives me that actual energy. It's not, it's not the creation, right? Like I made the mistake that I, because, oh, when I create a podcast, it's where I'm high energy. Well, no, it's because I'm interacting with someone. I have like, I'm talking and, and not traveling for a year last year taught me that, right? Like, it was like, yeah. whoa, Brian, like what I, I didn't create a podcast episode of my solo podcast. I couldn't do it. And I was like, how is it? I had so much to say, <laughs> so much content. I even had an advertiser that was all in and I was like, I couldn't get through it. And I couldn't figure it out. It was, I mean, August, September, October last year. And it wasn't until I was like, wait a second, it's the connection to people that has just been removed completely from my life. And I know lots of people can relate to that for COVID, but um, so that's where like, I'm still a work in progress and the piece of, okay, what does that mean? And then I, I do do a fairly good job of taking like a, a like an afternoon evening break where most people aren't where I'm like you know what this is where I'm done like I need to tap out for this and I'll go watch Netflix I'll go you know kind of escape myself to you know something that I want to do and then I'll come back like I, I've always been a night owl it's just kind of been my my case and so if it's putting the daughters to bed um, you know if it's talking to Jennifer Jennifer goes to bed you know and then I'll usually kind of have like an hour and a half worth of things that I hammer out between 10 and 11 30 every night um, and that's kind of where like I you know, interestingly enough, a lot of times I'll learn like, okay, that's where I brainstorm the best. That's where, you know, uh, you know, I, there's some things that I've kind of grown into that. And that's just kind of how my kind of days and weeks kind of flow in there. And, you know, in some days where I have, you know, multiple calls, like today is a great one where I have like, we have this, this, and I, I mean, literally from now till 730, I have straight through like, and that's not normal for my calendar, right? Like, it's not normal uh, on my calendar, but I, I knew that. So yesterday I blocked off things differently so that I could, kind of change my own like piece, but you know, like I could have woken up this morning and the energy wasn't there. And I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to yeah. be a heck of a day, but yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely a journey. Yeah. Wow. Um, sorry. <laughs> Add to your stack. Um, but when, but when I asked you about being on this podcast, you had said, you know, Tuesdays are my creator's day or whatever you, you yep. called it. And I was like, yes, I was like cheering in my heart because I know how important it is to kind of block things, whether it's meetings or brainstorming time or, you know, email time, whatever it is. So I was glad to hear that you that you said that and that you have implemented some of these routines, even though like I think probably again, I don't know how your how the ADHD brain works, but I could imagine that routines maybe are not 
natural. Um, you kind of just go with the ebb and flow. And I, I'm that way too. I hate routine. I hate even calling them routines, but I found that the only way to operate (laughs) is to at least have a flexible blocking system. So for example, like I might say, well, I'm going to work out today. I'm going to schedule it for nine 30, but if I didn't sleep well or whatever, like I have another block at one 30 and I could do it then, you know? So like being, having the flexibility of like the, like you said, with the sticky notes, like these are the three things that I have to get done today, but I can move them around depending upon whatever else is going on. Um, so that's awesome. It's great to hear how you work. And it's, I was like getting jealous too, cause I used to be such a night owl and then I used to do those. Yeah. Those like kind of brainstorming, like, Ooh, I had this blog post idea or, yep. you know, every, everything else is quiet. Some people use early mornings for that. Um, that has never been me, never been me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's fun. Cool. Well, I have a couple of rapid fire questions before we get into one last question for you. Thank you again for your time. Uh, are you ready? These are just Let's like either or like, don't think too much about it. Um, I already know the answer to the first one, which is morning or evening. Yeah. Evening all day. <laughs> Always Mac or PC. Mac, iSocial I fans, iPhone, iPad, iSocial fans. Oh, that's I, right. I forgot the I yeah. like came from, because yep. I kind of think boy. of you as like, I think of government and I think of PC. Uh, yeah, which, and I think of I like say, data. Yeah, PC kept me employed. Apple kept me happy. That was my. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love it. Pen or pencil? Pen. Okay. Getting things down in stone. Um, Amsterdam or Fiji? <sighs> So Amsterdam is one of my favorite places in the world to visit. I've been to 76 countries and Fiji is the number one place I have not visited that I want oh, to go to. So that so was a trick it would question. Be, yeah, it would be Fiji in a heartbeat because yeah. I, it's been on my list for a long time. I, I have, I've never been to either. So, but I feel that way, especially right now. I'm like, get me to like open water, yes. beach. Like I need that. Awesome. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Lake or ocean? Ocean apartment or house house all right working hard or hardly working oh man that's that's you're like (laughs) um working hard yeah i would say you're working hard all the time even when you're hardly working you're like networking or you're giving someone advice or you're buying someone a drink um, and then the last one is champagne or champagne. Uh, champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. You Yay. made it. <laughs> Thanks, right. Last question. So what is one piece of advice that you can give to an entrepreneur like yourself? Oh. If there's anyone like you, which, you know, you're yeah. one of a kind, but someone who's yeah. in a similar position as you. I think self-awareness. I think hyper, and I'm, I'm talking like as self-aware as, and, and, and part of you is like, be so self-aware that you don't want to share what you learn about yourself with your partner or anyone. Like, I mean, like I, I, that was like the, I had to be so honest with like, okay, Brian, you are, this is what you're doing. And like, and I mean, self-aware in everything, like, you know, how you respond to something, how someone makes you feel, why you like to eat something, like, don't like hide those things from you. Like, I love Chipotle. I'm a big Chipotle fan. Um, And like, you know, there's things like that have gone on where someone's like, you need to give up something to, you know, whatever that may be. And for a long while, I would you know, be willing to give up some things because I didn't realize like how they, how much they, how much value they had to me. I allowed other people to determine what I considered was valuable. And you can't really 
push back on that or own that until you are so hyper self-aware. And I would say that is the number one advice. And I, and you also have to remember self-awareness grows as you grow and you change, right? Like I, I think being, I, I, I made the mistake. I was outgoing. I'm extroverted. Don't, not afraid to talk. I believed, and I, and I show up as myself. I am unapologetic about who I am. I believe that meant I was self-aware and I was completely mistaken, right? Like they, all of those things do not mean I was self-aware. It means like, Hey, this is how I'm putting on, but then really truly knowing myself was, you know, it was an eye-opening experience, but it's probably the best thing I've done. I probably the best thing I've done in my entire life as far as like, now I can be a better dad. Now I can understand how like things are going to impact based on things that I was doing. And before Yes, I like to, you know, a little bit of organized chaos and I like to lean into, you know, you know, the, as the wind shifts, I kind of oftentimes will, will go, but that didn't mean like to do that, the more self-aware I am, the better I can set myself up for success. I can understand. So that would be my advice without question. Well, thank you for plugging one of Don't Panic's core values in our clients. You didn't know that, but that is something that I look for. It's hard to measure. Um, it's hard because so, some people, like you said, they put off this like, I'm this, I'm that. When they start using a lot of I statements, it can seem like they know who they are. But I agree with you that sometimes being self-aware is more about knowing how you respond to different inputs than knowing who you are. Because who you are can change, but how you, what you need, what you actually need, not yes. what you want, is is more what self-aware is, is about. And um, and I think it's it is a journey, um, but it but knowing that it's something that's necessary is the first step. So, thank you so much, Brian. This was so much fun. I really miss being on a rooftop in Austin, drinking beers with you, and hopefully we can do that again soon. So, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I, I missed yeah, that. that. That memory came up just like you know, a week ago or so. On I uh, know on. because we're in like peak conference time spring is like when everyone is normally getting together and it was like hurting my heart <laughs> I've, had, I've had like remove i can't look at the memories during the day yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's tough so yeah i missed this but you know thanks for you know thinking about me i love that you know so many of your clients are so many of my good friends as well uh it's also one of those reminders is like yeah when everyone that i like because i i did shrink my circle about three years mm -hmm. ago uh, mm -hmm. on purpose and uh for my own self <laughs> mental health and, and those that came stayed in my inner circle are many of them are those that work with you, which uh, shouldn't, doesn't surprise me a bit, but it does, uh, it is beautiful to kind of see and hear. And like, I, I have a couple of text messages from two different people that I, I was like, they're like, wait a second, how is that working? So it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> and I love that you uh, made this happen and uh, can't wait till we can travel again soon. Yeah, we'll see you soon. I love the synergy and we'll all get together and hug. Thank you, Brian. Maybe we'll get together in Fiji. Who knows? Ooh, never. <laughs> oh, never say never. That's true. All right. Thank you. I could hang out and talk to Brian all day. I really miss being in person together at conferences and events with him. And hopefully one day we'll get to do that again. In the meantime, follow Brian everywhere. You can find him at iSocialFans with a Z and check him out on Clubhouse. He's doing some really fun things there as if we need one more tool to pay attention to, but it is really fun and he is super engaging, even just in audio. So check him out there and check out our Panic Proof Blueprint if you wanna see what's possible for you to delegate and get work done by going to panicproofblueprint.com. And I look forward to talking with you there. Thanks so much.